it's how you look at things, right? Yeah. So that's the if you change what you think, you change how you feel, and you change how you act. So we're at the space I can help people is is work out what they're thinking because ninety percent of the thoughts you're having aren't true. They're not worth it, and they don't help you achieve your goal. So. You know, you, you've created your own amazing little podcast van here, and you're doing cool stuff. And life's a treasure hunt. You never know where it might you might end up, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. We are back for another week. Man, time seems to go fast. Doesn't it feel fast to you? I guess it depends when we're living, right? When we were kids, how long did it take? It did not feel fast for Christmas. But as adults, as big people, as the money makers, we are we are working. We are trading our time. Uh, I mean, I have pondered whether this podcast is like therapy for that. I don't know if it's... Um, I don't know if it's that straightforward to just say, as an adult, you will work. But, you know, that's the gig. That's how we roll at the moment. It's kind of like this weird thing where we all buy into going to work and, and earning money. And, and I mean, I guess I believe in it. And maybe, deep down, it's the reason, you know, that we don't fight like animals for the most part because we are working we are doing things with our time maybe that's why work was invented actually I think I remember thinking that when I was a kid that work was invented to give adults something to do because otherwise you would never grow up hmm well this week on the podcast uh, we have someone who's definitely grown up but I would say and I think he will agree with me uh likes to fuse the childhood in him and bring that out as an adult. I mean, Dr. Tom Mulholland is an extremely serious guy. He's a doctor for 30 years, uh, emergency doctor, you know, so he sees the worst of the worst. But you know how I roll in this podcast. I'm always looking for that deeper meaning, and I would say that to deal with the worst, you would have to encourage the best and sometimes I think we forget that when you're a child you know pending other people taking that childhood away from you your role in this world your role in society is to you know be childlike so Dr. Tom is someone I definitely think is trying to balance that. He goes around and talks to people, you know, about mental health, about physical health, about trying to balance it all, which definitely it is not easy. But it was cool catching up with him. You know, part of the pleasure of doing the podcast is to cruise around like I do and have, you know, these kind of random but nice conversations with people that you don't really get to see them outside of... I don't know, you know, like, I've seen lots of Dr. Tom, but he's doing a keynote speak, a speech, and, and, you know, it's like, well, yeah, that's one version of us, it's like one way of articulating, and then you might see someone on, on TV, but you only get a soundbite, or the internet, and you only get a kind of vlog, but now we have this long-form stuff, and you get to accidentally go into awesome things, 
and sometimes not so awesome things you know I think some of the things Dr. Tom shares I'm sure he's not super pumped about it but what's cool is you get to share it and you get to see um, you get to see a bit of vulnerability or the humanity humanity in us which I'm I think we're (laughs) rapidly forgetting you know it's like my phone now just updates and does all the things on its own and tells me the exact correct time and uh, reminds me of things and it's 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 that sucks I want to forget things I want to have to remember things I want to remember my friend's number when I was growing up you know I remember my first number in a little country town uh, 47860 I remember my best friend's number 48137 it's like we had to remember and you you used your memory to to store things and now we store things in this cloud and I'm worried that these clouds taking the good memories too so it's taking the mundane stuff but it's sneakily getting the you know those bits that we need as well what else going on team uh, I'm still doing burpees so I realized the other day when I crossed 10 days in a row uh, my son said hey dad congrats on getting a thousand burpees and I was totally not expecting that I had totally not anticipated to do a thousand of anything I can't remember the last time I did a thousand of anything except money that's the last thing you know it seems to be money yet you could talk about it in thousands but everything else what's a thousand I've done you know like a huge amount is a thousand because I'm trying to get a thousand podcasts in this podcast so yeah milestone for me I think I'm day 13 now Uh, burpees are going good my body is uh, you know it's sore but for a reason you know it's it used to ache kind of for nothing so when people say how's the burpees going uh, I'm kind of like well it's nice to be sore for a reason and uh, that's why I'm an advocate for doing burpees Um, yeah so that's going good and I I don't uh, pending you know uh, sickness or injury uh, I'm just going to keep focusing on the day to day I think that's what I'm trying to really work hard at like a hundred's a lot too uh, what am I 80 not 80 88 days to go or something like that but today today to go that's what I've got today to go yeah so uh, highly encouraged just a few burpees every day I tell you what man burpees are hard to get down to the ground and back up is no small feat like and you know my state of mind at the moment is going really deep on everything there's a hundred times a day that I get down to the ground like I'm closer than most people to flowers to the grass to the ants to I don't know like to the dog poo I'm getting down a hundred times a day and guess what I'm getting up hundred times a day too so I go as deep as I need to to make me feel good <laughs> um, I want to go a bit longer but I feel like uh, this is long enough let's get into this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me Will Fleming featuring Dr. Tom Mulholland, uh from the car park next to his boathouse 
Tom lives in a boat. If that's not the awesome, most Peter Pan childhood thing you've ever heard, then I don't know. Let's get into it. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. If you do have a couple minutes, pop over and have a look at my Patreon. I am building towards some, you know, exclusive content that only the Patreon supporters can get. I uh, got some sneaky little plans in the background to create some awesome questions and and so much more. So, yep, we're just putting the groundwork in now. Patreon.com forward slash please blow my mind. And if you want to rate and review, that would be awesome too, etc, etc, etc. If you're on YouTube, like, do the bell, all that stuff. Okay, bell's out of the way. Thanks everybody for blowing my mind. Welcome to Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. Please blow my mind. Whoa. That's the goal, brother. Get joy in your lives yeah. every day. I'm just simply looking to be 1% better every day. I get it, man. We're together on that. That is yeah. mind-blowing. We've got our work cut out for us. It's the thing that inspires me to continue on. Everything happens, and then we find a reason. You just went deep. Tom, welcome to uh, Please Blow My Mind. Thanks, Carl. Nice to be here, mate. Will. Hopefully, I do. Will. Oh, why did I say Carl? <laughs> That's all right. Carl's a lovely name. Um, let me just straighten up this camera. You want to try again? Um, no, 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 no. People love that stuff when you leave it all in. There's something very authentic about it. Why was I thinking Carl? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I know. That was the last uh, email I got, I think, last night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a busy guy? Because it seems that way when I follow your stuff and I see you on telly and I see you cruising around the country and helping people. Is it like, is, is busy part of your gig? Yeah, VBD, a very busy doctor. Yeah, so I was in uh, Palmerston North yesterday, so I did seven keynote presentations uh, to a corporate client, uh, seven audiences, uh, and then today I was about to go off and do a talk for New Zealand. So, yeah, I don't kind of wear it as a badge. Um, Like, it's not like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, Mm. I'm so busy. Like, it's a cool thing. It's like... Uh, but then I'm also quiet too. Like uh, I live on a boat, as you've just seen. Yeah. And uh, after my corporate talk this afternoon, I'm going to take my boat out to Waiheke and chill and do a bit of fishing. Yeah. Uh, I live on a boat in Auckland because I can't afford a house here. <laughs> uh, so you know, I uh, have got um, yeah tomorrow off to just go fishing and chill, and then back into it next week. And then I'm off to the Antarctic for like a month on a boat again. Really? And uh, yeah, so that's a good way to chill and get away from, you, know, you just burn out if you're too busy. Mm. Um, is burnout something that you've kind of realised happens for a long time? I only ask that because it seems like we talk about these things like mental health and burnout and kind of looking after yourself, you know, like there's that, um, there's that quote that goes around, it's okay not to be okay. And I can't remember, you know, what am I, 1980 born, I can't remember people talking like that until recently. Yeah, well, I think life's just got busier, right, mm. because of and the, the demand on our time and the internet. Uh, has made things worse in terms of our brain, you know, mm. the processing speed that we have to catch up with everything. So, uh, you know, like when you were born or before, you know, the internet wasn't really out and yeah. we didn't have the internet, right? We didn't have smartphones, we mm. weren't on our phones all the time and weekends were weekends um, and, and evenings were the evenings and yeah. you f- and a lot of most people finished work at five and that was it. There was mm. no way anyone could track them down. Mm. Now, 
24-7, yeah. you know, like you wake up and you've got to keep up with your Instagram and your <laughs> Facebook and go do a podcast, yeah. and, you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and look, I know there's part of me that's uh, um, certainly contributing to that world, you know, because I sometimes sit back and I think, what the hell am I doing this for? Yeah. I could just be enjoying being at home with my family who yeah. are all at home today, but yeah. I find to find other ways to fill in an already quite busy time. But I guess for me, I try and articulate it like, um, you know, someone said to me the other day, work-life balance is just fitting in as much things that you like to do. So I wonder if we get the work-life balance idea wrong, where it's if you found things that you enjoy, then you actually can fit quite a lot in with your day. You know, like it's, I, I wonder if it's, if you don't like what you're doing, but you have to do a lot of it, then problems start arising. Yeah, well, I think like to put it in a medical context, like burnout is um, when we're working so hard, and it might be you've got a young family, you know, mm. you've got babies, and you're working two jobs, and you, you, know, you come home, and then there's no rest. So the mm. human body's designed to walk, hunter, gather, rest. It's not designed to sit in an office all day um, with a headset on, or mm. you know, we're designed to walk, we're designed to move, we're designed to gather food. So it really mucks up our physiology being inside all day. So, but if you know, you, there's so much burnout. Like if you're a dairy farmer and you haven't been off the farm in like six months, and mm. it's raining. And and you've, now you've got Mycobacterium bovis on your herd and you have to get it killed, you know, yeah. like it's all depopulated is the word. Yeah. You know, like there's so much pressure on and, you know, we need downtime to make new neurotransmitters. We need sunshine. And so I talk about the mind and the brain. So the brain's the hardware and the mind's the software. So, mm. you know, if you're, if you're going, if I wasn't having a day off tomorrow, like I couldn't keep this up, you know, I couldn't do another day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I need a day to just sit on the boat, go for a fish, go for a swim, just sort of recharge the batteries, really. Mm. Oh, it's like, we guess, look, we've got to look at ourselves like electric cars. There's only so far we can go before we need to recharge yeah. the battery. And do you reckon that's where, like, kind of serious mental health issues come in? I mean, I'm, not, I'm speaking on average, right? And I don't really even really know what I mean by mental health. I mean when people feel sad or, not, you know, not motivated to, say, like, get out of bed and stuff. Do you think it's just, like, well, the, the battery's too low? It, it might, you know, maybe the the battery and energy, the soul, whatever it is. Yeah, well, that's the hardware aspect of it, right? Mm. So if you're not ex exercising, you can't run good software if your hardware isn't working properly. So mm. at the moment, your hardware seems to be going okay. You know, <laughs> like your you know, your computer's working okay. But yep. if, if we couldn't do this podcast mm. if your hardware wasn't working, right? So the first step is to say, have I had enough rest, nutrition, yep. exercise, love, affection, sunshine, all that kind of stuff. And then if that's all good, then it's the software part of your brain that you that is what you're telling yourself. Mm. So this morning, you know, you wake up, I live on a boat and just open up my hatch and, you know, like looking up at the blue sky and, and mm. you know, if you're starting to ruminate or worry and getting stressed about, shit, I've got to, and I actually completely forgot I was doing this podcast, to be honest, <laughs> I've got to go and I prang my Hilux, um, or prang my, sorry, prang my Hyundai, that's yeah. a bit of a fatal mistake, um, <laughs> I pranged my amazing Hyundai um, a couple of days ago yes. and uh, uh, doing a documentary, backed it into the Harbour Bridge and then I went to a friend's funeral, you know, so it was a bit of a tough day and then I was in you know, a whale yesterday and I woke up this morning and I forgot about the podcast so I need to do this, this, this and this mm. and then suddenly I get your message and I'm like right. oh, oh and, no. But, but no, no, but I'm just grateful, so the point I was about to make is I'm grateful that um, for so many things, you know, I just, the day it was kind of weird I was just grateful that the sun shines because mm. we'd be all be in the crap if it didn't, mm. right? So yeah. but the point I'm trying to make is you can't physically be stressed out or worried and grateful at the same time. Yeah. 
so you go to a different part of your brain. So gratitude, is, there's plenty of evidence to show now, being grateful is like a medicine and grateful that we're breathing, grateful that I'm meeting you two guys, mm. grateful we've got an ability to, to pass on some tips, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and the minute you're grateful for what you've got, you can't be stressed. Try mm. it, you know. Like you can't, you can't. So you go to different parts of the brain. So there's little tri- um, tips and tools that I've learned over the years, which is, guess why I do so much speaking, is ways that you can manipulate your brain, control your software, and um, change your mood and improve your mental health by changing what you think. And when you're uh, you know, talking to people and, and you're doing, you mentioned seven keynotes, what are you getting the general vibe as? Like, where are we, do you think? Is it, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Are we just getting busier? I mean, I guess I asked that, but not that you have to answer, but I'm fascinated with the idea that it makes sense that a company, for example, or a business would would invite people in and let's talk and we can put that down as, you know, you're, you're, we're helping our staff and all these things, but I want to go a bit deeper than that, you know? I want to know um, what's the next 10 years look like? What's the next 20 years look like? Are we... Is there going to be even more conversations like this where we don't catch up properly anymore? We only record our chats because it's content for Instagram and all these things, you know? Do you, after cruising around, talking to people, thinking, learning over all your years as a doctor, are you hopeful? Oh, look, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm glad you asked that question. So my um, mantra really is, if you unless you measure things, you can't manage them. Right. So I've built this app, which I'll give everyone, everyone listening a free code to. So you download Kind. It's about knowing your numbers. So it measures your physical health, your mental health, and your social health. Yep. So when I do a talk, I'll measure everyone's. They download the Kind wellness app. Use the code BEKIND for NZ. So that's B. There's no E in it, just the letter B and then KYND and then four, the new number, and then NZ. You'll need a code to get into it. And you can actually see where you are mentally, physically, and socially, and it yeah. gives you a score out of 100. So that kind of gives you a benchmark. And to answer your question, like going forward, I, I'm not that hopeful um, because if we look at the where suicide is the biggest sort of risk around 20 to 24-year-olds, mm. all our data that we're getting, we've got tens of thousands of people in our database now, and, and there's that 15 to 24-year-old, 25-year-old massive risk most of them have got red or orange lights for depression, anxiety and stress mm. and um, you know that's like 20 years ago when I started talking about this I said and the World Health Organization said it as well was that depression was going to be the you know the biggest um, non-communicable disease on the planet by 2020 mm. and like 20 years goes quick and uh, we're here and um, in, in a month and um, I think it's probably the, you know, the biggest I say it is communicable because um, you know if everyone's miserable around you it is infectious right so I think we really need to, well I know we really need to, to learn tools to, to manage um, this compressed, busy lifestyle we have and mm. you know, there's a number of ways we can do that, going for a walk in the bush is um, yeah. a good way, ecotherapy, you know, there's lots of treatments for, for feeling better about yourself mm. but you know, working in the emergency department there's just so much self-harm um, that uh, we see and then the corporate client I did yesterday, they're, they're a call centre mm. and they, so many people now are just threatening to take their own life if they can't get this on the phone, if they mm. can't get that and they... And, and some of them do, you know. Far out, far out. I um. That's interesting. An ant bit me. Did it? Yeah. That's well, a, so that's a little tip. That's a sign. You find everything interesting. I thought we didn't have biting ants here. Well, no. I just felt something <laughs> bite me, and then I like, looked down. Was it a bee? Because I'm allergic. And um, oh, jeez. But no, no. It was a. Uh, it was an ant. Like, <laughs> it's interesting. How did you work out you were allergic to bee stings? Well, I got stung by one and swelled up and <laughs> yeah. almost stopped breathing. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a good way. <laughs> That's an exclusive here on the podcast. Um, well, how'd you how'd you get into being a doctor? Like, what's that path? 
Okay, so I left school and uh, well, I was grew up in a lower hut, so mm. I'm still growing up really. <laughs> but I uh, had access to the bush, so I joined the forest service when I left school and went to university to be a forester and did three years of that. And then, but I'd always really wanted to be a doctor as a kid because mm. I like helping people, mm. which is what we're doing with yep. this podcast. Yep, for and sure. um, yeah, and I always thought, look, if I if I don't do it. It'll be a chip on my shoulder, so I was told if I, you know, got a couple of B's and A's in my final year of botany degree, I pulled out of the forest service, resigned, and had to pay back some money, mm. and then um, and then I was told I'd get in, everyone said, ah, oh, you won't get in, and I didn't get in, so um, then I was faced with that adversity, and I thought, what do I do? Um, do I go to London and mm. get a job in a bar, and I bought a plane, <laughs> and I thought, oh, just another guy with a botany degree with a bar and a bar in London. Drug habit. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> if we come um, from London, most likely. You're going to London, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In, in 19. 84 or whatever it was yeah. uh, and I thought I'd do an, an honours degree in molecular genetics so I got a wow. first class honours degree and got into med school and haven't regretted it for one minute really it's been an amazing 30 year career of um, working in hospitals and all around the world on boats and yeah just having uh, lots of adventures and helping lots of people is, and, and what is it with um, being the person that's helping someone in their kind of shittiest moments? You know, does it feel very, I guess it must feel very human, right, to, to kind of be there, to have a solution to a problem, right? I, I get the feeling in kind of today's society, it's, you know, it's hard to have solutions. Um, maybe it's not so clear what solutions are anymore because we, you know, it's a global world now, right, and everyone can choose to be however they want to be and I like that idea but at the same time it's not so clear who the good guys and bad guys are anymore or maybe it never was I don't know well I think everyone's got a bit of good and bad and if True you want to if you want to polarize it like that yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I, I, but I guess, you know, as you said before we came on here, I've seen the best and the worst of humanity. And, mm. you know, in my 30-year career, like, like it's interesting, I, um, when I landed in Palmerston North um, day before yesterday, the taxi driver, you know, she's all linked up and uh, inked up, you know, lots of lots of tats and stuff, mm. and uh, it's a pretty colourful character. So, uh, and I, and she says, uh, I've met you before. And I'm like, oh, really? And she goes, yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, was it a big night out in Palmerston, you know, <laughs> was uh, in the student bar? And she goes, uh, yeah, I think you're a notch in my belt. And I'm like, well, welcome. <laughs> Palmerston, you know, <laughs> yeah. north, and uh, and then she goes, oh no, no, your name's Tom, isn't it? I'm like, oh my god, maybe it was a big night in a bar, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then and then I go, yeah. And then she goes, my Holland. I go, yeah. She goes, I've got a big scar on my back because of you. And I'm like, oh my god, that was a big night in Palmerston North. <laughs> and then uh, she goes, no, no, no. I was, um, I had a, a friend of mine was one of your patients, and I saw you, um, and I asked you what a, like cancer moles look like, and I said, well, have you got some? And I looked at one on her back, and a whole lot of her moles. And I said, oh, you get that one out for sure, you know, and she had it taken out and it was cancerous. So she goes, oh, you might have saved my life. And it's like, you know, that's the reward. You know, that was 20 years ago and you don't don't expect anything, but then you mm. just jump into a taxi. I still paid full fare, though, for the taxi, <laughs> yeah, but um, of course. that's fair enough. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess if you reflect back on 30 years, the humanity of it and, and you know, like uh, so something spring to mind, there was an elderly Māori lady who obviously had bowel cancer and I'm trying to get her admitted into the ward and that's the hardest part when you work in emergency departments is not dealing with all the stress sometimes, it's trying to find a bed in an overbooked hospital and right. trying to find the resources and the other, th you know, and anyway, long story short, I phoned up this registrar and I said, look, I know you can't help me, there's no, you're going to tell me she needs to go home and go to a GP and there'll be a six month waiting list but she'll be dead by then and, and she, this, the serenity of this woman really struck me because she, um, like, cause, and, and it's a cultural thing, like, you know, my children are 
part Marty, and mm. but they don't like to make a fuss, you know. Right. And, and they're like, no, I don't want to make a fuss, dear. And I'm like, I'm going to make a fuss because if I don't, you're going to die, right? So you have to find the way through the system, and that's hard for everyone in the healthcare system. Even working in it for me, it's hard, mm. right? But this guy, you know, and he was South African, and and I was expecting the because that's what you get is the pushback, and he's like, okay, admit there, and I'll uh, take you out, and he saved mm. her life, you know. Yeah. And it's just little things like that that stick in your mind, and it's not the amazing amount of knowledge that some of my colleagues have or the, the ability to do operations or whatever it's that humanity in the moment of of just finding a pathway through for someone so that mm. you can you can save their life when you know they're just uh, they're just trying to stay alive and gee you know you've really kind of hit a bit of a nerve now but yeah. the, the you know the things you see like you might have in one bed you've got someone who's trying to take their own life and then in the next room, you've got someone who's struggling to stay alive, like mm. with with cancer and or heart attack. Everyone's like crashing trolleys, and there's <laughs> yeah. everything's going on. And then you've got someone else that's self harm that just with a perfect body, yeah. but the mind's not right, and they're mm. trying to take their own life. And then in the other room, you've got someone who's got a the body's failing, yeah, but yeah. their mind is going, I don't want to go, I yeah. don't want to go. Yeah. It's just, I mean, and go deep with me for a sec, Tom. What is that? Is that this grand design where we need to be? Rem- Reminded of how kind of fragile life is, or you know, it's there's so many of these moments I have with people when I chat because I chat to a lot of people about this, yeah. not, not this, but we're talking about something. It might not be just medical. We're talking about um, the kind of deepest parts of humanity, you know, which I, I really can't articulate very well. But I'm trying my damned hardest because sure. it's, it's interesting stuff to talk about. Yeah, but you know, you try and work out why is it that. Um, it seems so unfair sometimes in life or why is it for example we have to go through some hardships to find the beauty sometimes like why can't it just always be easy you know it's like you have this uh, idea that people uh, who have lots of money they would be extremely happy yet yeah. statistics show that they're also unhappy and it's hard for people who don't have lots of money to fathom that there seems to be all these kind of inbuilt lessons in life yeah, and um, it just seems so but bloody unfair but I guess that's the point to realise it's hard yeah, well, like I have a saying that like not having money will make you unhappy, right? Mm. So if you blow the poverty line, you can't feed your kids or yeah. yourself. Um, having money doesn't make you happy because I know a lot of people that are super wealthy but super miserable, mm. and their kids are super miserable. Um, but I have a saying that um, being happy can make you money, right? So mm. um, yeah, look, I, it's all we we are, like. There's plenty of evidence and studies to show. Like if you win lotto, like everyone thinks that's going to be me, but that actually some people become un, more unhappy. And yeah. and or if you get a new car, you're happy for three months, and and then you're back to your baseline levels of kind of um, happiness or misery unless you put in other tools. So like I used to live just not far from here. I used to walk down to the my to the marina here yeah. where we're standing and go, I want to live on a boat. I want to live on a boat. When yeah. I get on a boat, it's um it's gonna be I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna be happy, and I'm gonna live on a boat, and that's just everything's gonna be solved. And then now I live on a boat, and then yesterday like my battery's not working, and then, um, <laughs> my engine's things not going, yeah. and it's, you know it's like it's just like a house or whatever, right? Yeah, so man. you have challenges mm-hmm. as you go and. You know, like oh, I see, I know so many wealthy people, and and you know some of them are amazingly happy, and some aren't, and their kids are off the rails mm. or on meth, and you know, like it's, you know, all the money in the world isn't gonna um, help you um, if your kids get sick or you get sick, or you know, there's that meme that goes around about Steve Jobs and mm. all that kind of stuff, and. You know, like we're all chasing the dollar and thinking when we get rich we'll be happy or we get that new fridge or we get that new plasma TV. But happiness is more the five things that make people happy or um, friends, family, health, financial security, and then sense of purpose, right? Yeah. So 
that's kind of why you're doing this. I imagine it gives it you a bit of a sense is. of purpose, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, what else would you be doing on a Saturday morning apart from playing with your family, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I probably, it's something I ask myself, maybe I could be, you know, investing more in my work and getting better and then having more financial security. But yeah, I mean, for me, it is, uh, I like the idea that people might stumble across this and hear you speak in a slightly different capacity. Yeah. I think we're screaming out for, uh, you know, the example I give is on telly, we see someone talking to the TV like a, a news host, but we we're not. It's not acknowledged that they're reading a script. It's yeah. not acknowledged they have 10 people in their ear. It's not yeah. acknowledged they have makeup and the best lighting so that they don't have their guts on camera. So this is the kind of antidote for me. It's like, well, it's two people we've just met. Yeah. Now you've got cameras pointed at you and yeah. you forgot we were coming. But there's something out of that. You know, yeah, I yeah. brought you a muffin and hopefully we'll yeah. have a reasonably good time. But um, I hope it simulates a little bit of what the actual scenario of the world's going through, you know? Yeah, well, look, I mean... I don't know if you know much about my story, but I mean, the reason I got to this place is that I had a successful startup company and um, well, I'd, I'd got $3 million venture capital and had 20 staff, beautiful villa in the country, thought True. I'd made it. I was on um, 60 Minutes, you know, yep, yep. but then my wife left um, sort of, you know, not short afterwards and then I, so I lost my job, lost my... Um, lost my company because I thought I'd stay home and just look after the kids and then um, I got miserable and then I couldn't work as a doctor and I couldn't sleep because I was worried about it. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So then I got to the point where I was like suicidal and I was in my garage and I had a plan which is always a... um, you know, it's a bad sign, or it increases your risk if you've got a plan to take your own life. Um, and no one's ever died from asking someone if they've got suicidal thoughts and if they have a plan. If they have, if you're listening now and you're talking to someone that does that, take them to the hospital, you know, mm. or urgent care. Because we yeah. see that in ED where I work, and it's just where we see chest pain, we see mind pain, you know. It's like, it's just, it's what we do, and there's a whole process to help people get through that. And I was at that point, you know, this is 20 years ago, but I stopped, and I call it my emotional seatbelt because it was my kids. I, didn't, I thought I can't let my kids were four and five at the time and mm. I can't do that to them and I don't leave them on their own and wondering you know and I miss my dad you mm. know and all the pain I was suffering because I'd lost my job and lost my company and lost money and, and I thought I might lose my house I lost my family and I thought well I'm a doctor I need to figure this out so right. I figured out that my thinking was the problem it's just the way I was looking at the problem and uh, was the issue and I needed to restructure um, my thought processes and I went on a sort of a journey to find what I discovered healthy thinking which I wrote this book Healthy yeah. Thinking it's in like 12 languages now and I went from being suicidal in my um, garage to doing stand-up comedy in six weeks wow. yeah well exactly um, <laughs> that was 20 years ago though and, and it was like what the universe throws out and um, like Mike King was the uh, the MC on the first night and uh, it was a different Mike King than you got now um, <laughs> And uh, but anyway became mates with Mike and I toured doing stand-up with him um, and then yeah wrote this book and because um, why I didn't take my life when I was at med school I did the study of um, I, there were all these suicide victims I was doing post-mortems on and I wondered what was their story you know what, what got them from being a policeman a teacher a teenager to actually being there in the mortuary like Stone Cold did mm. and so I looked at all their files and, and looked at um, went to, to the police station I interviewed families and I spoke to a 16 year old boy this is 1987 mm-hmm. it's a long time ago now right? mm. it's 32 years ago and I said um, 
was there any warning your dad was going to take his own life? And he goes, no, nah, look, he'd been redundant. He was age 50. Um, he uh, was in a lot of pain. He wasn't listening to music. He wasn't doing all the things that um, you know he liked doing. But we never thought he'd take his own life. But when dad took his own life, he didn't take his pain away. He just gave it to us. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And, and I thought, I can't do that to my kids. Yeah. No, they're just four and five. They yeah, don't know yeah, what's yeah. going on. I'm going to yeah, need to yeah. sort my shit out, right? Mm. So that's when I discovered healthy thinking and cognitive behavioral therapy and the Stoics and Epictetus like yeah. 2,000 years ago. So look, life's not stressful. It's just our view of it that is. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's providing your hardware is all right. Like I said earlier, that you've had enough sleep and nutrition and, you know, you're not burned out. You're not doing drugs and alcohol. You don't have bipolar disorder or mm. all these other things. So if your hardware is okay, then it's your thought processes right. and it's how you're looking at things, right? So it's just like when you go... I go, oh shit, I forgot about that podcast. And it's like, I, I've got choices, right? And I can go, oh, that's cool. Like, no, I can still fit it in. I just yeah. go reshuffle a few things. Yeah. And, and you know, you're excited. And just like when I go to Palmerston, I could, when I wake up, I, go, I could do seven talks today. Oh my God. <laughs> or I go, awesome. What an opportunity to do mm. world records, seven keynotes in a day, you know, yeah, for me. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's how you look at things, right? Yeah. So that's the, if you change what you think, you change how you feel and you change how you act. So we're at the space I, can help people is is work out what they're thinking because 90% of the thoughts you're having aren't true they're not worth it and they don't help you achieve your goal so you know you've created your own amazing little podcast van here and you're doing cool stuff and life's a treasure hunt you never know where it might you might end up right honestly I said to Kyron who films with me like this is like we've been we've visited Guinness World Record holders we've come to visit boats and you and all this type of stuff and it's a cool adventure too yeah yeah you know it's it's we talk about mindfulness and being in the moment there's nothing like I said, hey Tom, and you didn't hear me, so I said to Karen, I'm going to hop on the boat. Yeah, you know, watch me. You yeah, know? yeah. And then, I felt it. Yeah, <laughs> but but there's something about I was not thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. I yeah. was just I get on this guy's boat and go yeah. and say hi. Yeah, and it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and there's something kind of cool. You take little punts on things, I guess. Yeah, which is what I did with my ambulance, you know, that, that sort of we were leading to. So mm. in the emergency department, I just see so many people dying unnecessarily of, of strokes and diabetes. So five years ago, I got this old retro Chevy ambulance and headed around the country. So I've been right around the country five times in my ambulance. Wow. And then a year ago, a lot more than that, I, I left. Um, I, someone said, did you get on your boat much? And I'm, no. So I just circumnavigated the country in my boat. Wow. So I did the hop tour, healthy oceans, people and ports. So I stopped at all these ports and was uh, doing free talks and all the yacht clubs. Saw and, that online, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, and we went to Stewart Island for a month. Mm. And I think I might have reached out when you were on it and you were like, I'm just here, you know, ask me in a couple of months. And I was like, yeah, sweet, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool though. Uh, so the bits probably people don't focus on, you know, when you're driving long distances. Or, yeah. Or, or, are those the moments where you're decompressing, having time alone by yourself? I mean, uh, do you value that time or is it just a pain in the butt getting from A to B? Oh, no, look, I think when, you know, like it's more like packing up and, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like you're staying in another Airbnb or something, or <laughs> yeah. if your boat's broken down and, and, you're in, and it's in Dunedin because you can't get around the Catlins, you know, um, it's, uh, it's when the wheels actually start rolling that you feel mm. good and you go like, oh man, I'm off and yeah. who's gonna, who am I going to meet at the other end, you know, but it does get lonely, you know, um, and uh, at times and, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, it's hard on relationships, um, mm. being such a pirate and a nomadic person, it's not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea, um, you know, uh, traveling so much yeah. and, uh so yeah, that part of it, you know, at times it would be good to have a bit of companionship to, uh, yeah. and to help out because it's a shitload of work as well, like, mm. you know. 
testing blood testing people getting you discs true like, that like was it Thursday I was driving around trying to get this done and get that and my defib battery had, you know gone. <laughs> there's lots of admin you know yeah man now tell me how much time do we have with you because you got some other stuff on don't you oh yeah probably 10 minutes okay, is that if you sweet. want let me jump into so a couple of questions that yep. I'm I'm thinking of uh, having a segment for Patreon where supporters of the podcast get specialised or not special like exclusive content right. I haven't started that but I've been trying to work on some questions that I think we don't ask each other enough. Right. So can I run a couple past you? Sure. And just, um, you don't have to go too deep, but can if you want. Uh, what do you laugh about? Oh, just everyday stuff, really, you know, that you see. Um, like laugh like that? that? Yeah, yeah, like that uh, car alarm off. Yeah. I, I laugh because I don't have hair, right? I laugh at um, people that keep buying hair straighteners, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, they've got curly hair, and they're always trying to straighten their hair, and then I laugh when people who've got straight hair are always trying to per- pay to get it permed, you know? Like, because I don't have any hair, it's like, why don't you just either get rid of it or, you know, what stick about? with what you got? Yeah. Well, uh, okay, it was a tough follow-up. What do you cry about? Oh, what do I cry about? Why? Well, yeah, I cry about um, the the people I see dying unnecessarily, I guess, in, in the ED and the people that are suffering, you know, um, cry about the homeless, you know, you, like, you know, like all those people on the street, they've had trauma and something go on and, and it's a fine line, you know, like any of us can end up there and people go, oh, that's impossible, yeah. but, you know, like it's, is you know, like they, they've they got addiction and hardware problems and, mm. you know, home, well, I see so many homeless people at the emergency department and, you know, you wish you could take them all home, but obviously that's not feasible. Yeah. Um, and I cry because we have to send alcoholics home and tell them not to stop drinking because there's not enough um, there's not enough care for, respite care for people with alcohol addiction, right? Mm. And, like, as a doctor, it's the weirdest thing. You've got to write on their notes. Go home because there's no beds to dry you out and um, make sure you don't stop drinking because people die when they stop, when they, they go through the DTs yeah. and people die if they stop drinking suddenly oh, right. when they're that addicted. Yeah. That makes me cry. Uh, what do you dream about, Tom? I dream about um, converting my, uh, getting a sailing catamaran and uh, working, going around the Pacific. Um, so I'm always dreaming about boat adventures, um, sailing off into the sunset and helping people in, around the Pacific. Uh, would you rather be misinformed or uninformed? Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough question. I, I'd, I'd rather be neither, really. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's... Um, yeah, well, it depends on what you... Everything's around beliefs, right? Yeah. You know, like vaccination and all that kind of stuff. People have all these hardcore beliefs. So um, probably uninformed because then you've got an opportunity to uh, to become informed, but, you know... Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it all boils down to what do you believe. True that. Well, speaking of belief, what do we mean when we talk about the soul? I'm going oh. deep for a second here. Well, yeah, everyone's got their own spin on it, mm-hmm. right? But I just think it's our connection to the planet, yep. connecting to each other and connection to nature, really. Like, you know, that's... Um, I'm a great uh, believer in um, nature and the planet yeah, and being yeah. connected to that and connected to um, each other as humans. I ask that because I speak to lots of people and I've spoken to atheists and Christians. Mm. They both speak very articulately about their love for life and believing in something. Yeah. But we don't talk in the same language. Well, we do. It's just, yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm stuck thinking, well, I don't really know what I believe and maybe that's what the podcast is doing. It's just, I think I'm believing in humans, you know, like that we are talking about the same thing. Like you can make a heaven on earth if you have calm and nice and, you know, some food, but you can also have hell on earth, which is, you know, like a war and, and you know, emergency departments. I mean, this, this, it's you know, this is kind of hopeful and 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 scary at the same time, you know. 
So I don't think we need to go somewhere else. But look, I don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just on multiple levels, right? I mean, like <laughs> the, the problem with the planet is too many humans, right? You mm. know, that's that's just the fact that we're just reproducing, and when you know, like we're a scouse, you know, that's one of the one of the um, what's the word? The paradoxes of my job is, or our jobs as as doctors, sometimes you know, like we're going hard out to save all these human lives, and it's just we're just producing more and more and more and more and more and you know it's just you know whether you believe all the global warming stuff or not i mean you know just the the amount of ecosystems that we're we're taking over and it's um you know just it's becoming more and more accessible to get places and places i used to go on my boat 30 years ago that you'd be the only one there and now True. there's all fast boats and you wow. know the kingfish are getting smashed and yeah. you know just our habitats are getting like more and more trashed you mm. know and then so yeah it's a big topic What's one thing, Tom, you might be wrong about? <laughs> You're like, wrap it up with these questions, man. One thing I might be wrong about. Well, I might be wrong that there's no afterlife, you know, like, um, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, that's one thing um, I might be wrong about. One thing people can do today, I guess they can visit the app. You've given us the code, right? Yeah. Um, what about, you know, people who maybe aren't on their last tether um you know, maybe someone like myself who feels quite a lot of hope in life. You know, so I had a uh, some good parents, nice family, not too many shitty things happened. Um, few shitty things as an adult, but I kind of feel like I have enough love banked up that I can yeah. you know, give a bit more. Uh, I guess this is who the podcast is also targeting: the ones who probably sometimes don't realize it's going okay yeah and and to um but the app is it almost like a warrant of fitness too you can you can keep yourself ticking along if things are going not too bad yeah you can measure things right mm. so you measure your mental health and you can and you say well this is what's happening and it's not actually doing too good so i can change things right so it just gives you an ability to monitor your your physical and it gives you a target out of 100 to reach but and there's like there's the ways to well-being, like giving, donating your time and resources, staying active, learning. So all those are built into the app. So you can, um, you know, uh, it was a, like I was in Christchurch recently, and um, this guy asked to have coffee, and he and he'd read my book, and he'd gone through a marriage breakup like me, and he goes, look, the um, the uh, you know, like your book was like it was written for me. I was like I was following in your footsteps just a few years behind. My business failed, my marriage failed, all this kind of stuff. And he says, one thing you wrote in the book, which really, I, I used it like as a manual in my healthy thinking book, was um, if you're feeling down, feeling depressed, or there's no work, ring 10 people and probably five will get back to you. And I did that and I thought, oh, I completely forgot I wrote that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I used it myself, you know, because I still, my, my kids, if they see me getting stressed or pissed off, they go, Dad, Dad, just read your book, mm. which is a bit hilarious. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so like if you like, you know, like loneliness is a big problem um, in our society and if you're lonely um, you can listen to the podcast um, mm. but you know ring a few people and um, sometimes the best cure for loneliness is just being by yourself and being at peace with being yourself mm. and just enjoy that space um, but yeah there's uh, I, I used to say there's no problems there's only solutions now I say there's only challenges and uh, solutions to challenges so um, life's a treasure hunt so just go out there and find your treasure whatever it is um, just one quick question if I can engage you as the doctor yeah. uh, I've taken on You've a challenge you got a pain somewhere no, no. Oh, I've always got a pain uh, uh, somewhere online I saw do 100 burpees a day for 100 days yeah. so I'm 7 days in right and it yeah. broke me for the first 3 like yeah. I literally couldn't do them I was just getting to the ground and getting back up uh, what I'm wondering if my happiness based on trying to get through these hard things every day yeah. uh, is just the exercise but what I noticed took, I took a picture every time I do it and I'm outside I'm by trees I'm feeling the breeze like this yeah. 
that stuff matters, eh? Like it's hard to measure always, isn't it? Like we're outside now, yeah. But plenty of people listening to this will be inside. But we're getting some unmeasurable things like the sun and the wind and yeah. So it's ecotherapy, yeah. I mean, certainly the hundred burpee challenge. Like you got the question, you got asked, what's sustainable, right? So yeah. I've got friends that have done exactly that and they feel awesome and that. But after a hundred days, they're knackered, right? And mm. so you can't sustain that. And, and so you better to probably go for a walk, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> that's the problem. I was yeah. walking and I wasn't doing it enough. Yeah. Well, that's it. Are you um are you uh, exercising? enough for you uh, you're not you know so look I'm the same mate I, I should have been done got up earlier and gone for a walk and um, done a bit of exercise you got to keep moving well, you've traded your time in to come and blow our minds Dr Tom thank you for joining us no, uh, where can people follow you online if they want to track the journey yeah just go to Dr Tom on a mission on Facebook yeah um, or healthythinking.biz uh, website and um, yeah so I uh, hope you enjoyed listening and go out there find your treasure awesome thanks brother cheers bro